Hey everybody, happy Friday. On today's episode, we talk to Joe with Rustology Garage and Michael Anderson with Dub Fab. We talk about suspension, we talk about modifying buses, we talk about a lot of really cool things. So this week's episode is jam-packed. I went to see with these guys, we hung out for quite a while, uh, had a good time. It's always good to connect with other people from the VW scene. And luckily for your guys' benefit, we got them in the studio this week. So remember, if you like the podcast, don't forget to share it. Also go on iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review the podcast. want to give a shout-out to Paul Giorgio for supporting the podcast and also give a shout-out to Drew Parker for supporting the podcast. Those guys bought some merch. Appreciate all you guys for your support. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. This week's episode, Dub Fab Rustology Garage. Here you go. Hey everybody, on today's podcast, I got a couple of buddies of mine down here from uh, Central Utah and Northern Utah and Southern Utah. Uh, a couple of fellas came down for the SEMA show. We kind of connected today and I brought them back here to the studio and we decided we're going to do a podcast and uh, have them on the, have in the, uh, the studio on the podcast today so that we can discuss a little bit of what they do, their experience down here for SEMA and whatnot. So today, on today's podcast, I've got Joe McCray with Rustology Garage. Joe, how you doing? Well, I'm doing great and it's a pleasure to be here, Bill. I'm glad, I'm glad you're here, buddy. And then uh, Michael Anderson with DubFab. Michael. Good times. I appreciate being here. All right. Thanks. So we got both these guys down here. Uh, this week is SEMA week down here in Vegas, so it's been a little bit crazy. Um, all kinds of stuff going on. But since they were here, I figured we'd capitalize on the opportunity and we talk a little bit about their business now um, to get you guys up to speed. Rustology Garage, if you know or don't know about Rustology Garage, he does a bunch of the metal work up in Salt Lake City, just outside of Salt Lake City in Alpine, Utah, right? That's correct. So... Joe, tell everybody on the podcast what you do specifically. Well, my specialty is conversion. And, you know, I don't want to make a bunch of the purists mad, but uh, a lot of people come to me and they want to make those 11 windows into 21s and 23 windows. I uh, just got done doing a, uh, a panel into a 23. So, you know, giving the people what they want, uh, the passion of driving what they want, and... It seems to be working out pretty good. I've I've done a lot of the Wolfsburg West and Grumpy Top conversions, and just loving being back in the scene. Yeah, and so with doing, so you started out doing. You did body work back before you retired from your professional careers as a fireman, or you know as you've evolved into this. And so you started getting back into body work. You did that when you were much younger, and so decided to kind of do this just to work on your skills and you're into VWs and just wanted to kind of develop that. So you started just doing body work and stuff like that, or was it always just roof sections for people? Uh, well, back when I was, you know, 14 years old, I worked at a body shop. My cousin got me a job and I would come home from school and walk across the street and wet sand cars and come home soaking wet at 10 o'clock at night. So that was my introduction into, you know, doing auto body and through the years, I kept doing that. I, I did some custom work on, you know, stretching and, and shortening Cadillacs. And, uh, but back then, that was in, oh, 1973, I, my passion was to do custom cars. And 
there's just not the money there. People were not spending the money to have it done. So it was like a, a very small market. So, uh, but as the years went on, while I was in high school, I worked for uh, the Bug Hut that was located in Orm, Utah. And it was, there was three brothers, Dwayne, Don, and David Forsyth. And I uh, was converting bugs into Bajas. You know, the, the sand rail thing was big back then. Yeah. And so I did, a lot, I did a lot of that, uh, cutting up these, these bugs and, and making them Bajas. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a blast there. So what you're saying is you've been a hacker for a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know. I, I scare people at some of these shows because I carry around a Sawzall. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, and I just want to cut stuff up. But uh, no worries. I'm not, I'm not cutting up any barn doors or anything that's, uh, no, you that's that. valuable. It'd be all right. You could do that. Yeah, well, cut not one, yet. Cut into one. Cut not roof yet, into but, one. Do it right uh, now. That's where my start came with, with Volkswagens. And I had uh, a few friends that, that had bugs and uh, one in particular was a uh, a black split window that was angle chopped so the front was lower than the back and and we would go down to uh, main street in her center street in provo which the uh, it's kind of the downtown area and the blocks were really short and we would drag race the 442s and and camaros and corvettes and and we would beat them in these short blocks, and and so we called it the squat bug, yeah. but a lot of fun. Had some great memories with with these guys, and uh, and then I eventually got my first Volkswagen. Actually, my first car was a '53 Ford pickup, and that was uh, I blew the motor up in it, and so I uh, I uh, purchased this Volkswagen. But before then, my sister had a '63, and I remember her bringing it home and she was, there was a towel uh, jammed into the hole in the seat. And uh, so we kind of worked on this thing and, and my mom did the upholstery in it and I painted it outside and it was gorgeous. Painted the thing outside and all of a sudden it started to rain. (laughs) Fresh paint paint, and then it starts raining. Yeah. It starts raining and it ends up looking like alligator skin. So people that, pay big money for those. Yeah, that was a, a custom was paint job. That was intentional. Custom paint <laughs> job. Well, I ended up totaling the Volkswagen, running a red light, and it getting t-boned. Didn't get hurt, but that was the end of that. So then I got my own. It was a 60, 68, and it had a uh, uh, a retractable sunroof in it, and uh, Sunbug wheels, Sunbug steering wheel. It was yellow. Loved the car. Uh, and then eventually, I can't remember why, but I got rid of that. And over the, the, the first years there, I had a 68 convertible and I had a Carmen Ghia. And then it kind of fell away, uh, my, my love for Volkswagens. And, you know, I was busy uh, being a fireman. And, and, uh, and how old are you at this time? Uh, about uh, 23. So I'm raising a family. I'm busy with that. Uh, starting my career as a fireman, and then I ended up getting back into the scene, what, uh, 35 years later. So what, I, what brought you back into the scene? Well, I, I had a uh, massive heart attack while I was still, still a fireman, and that was about four years ago, 
and it was a widowmaker. So only 4% survive it. Yeah. Well, reflecting after that, you know, you, you start reflecting, thinking, yeah, I'm a pretty lucky guy. And uh, I thought, well, I'm going to do some things that I've always wanted to do. Sure. And one of those things was I always wanted a Volkswagen bus. Never had a bus. And it's one of those things where Volkswagens, I think you either love them or you hate them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can do both at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, you can. Yeah. I'm proof of that. You can. Yeah, you can. You can so, love and hate them at the same that's time. right. And so I, I got online, I'm looking, and I see this bus that's in Park City. And I go look at the thing. It's, it's winter. And I take a, uh, I take a tow bar because I've, I own a, uh, a speedster replica. Mm-hmm. So I take this uh, Volkswagen tow bar. It goes for a bug, and I think I'm gonna, you know, you think this. you're gonna bring home a bus? Yeah, I'm gonna with bring a home. Tow I'm gonna bar. bring home a bus. And, <laughs> and so I look at this thing, and and it's uh, it's been painted, not really good, but it's been painted uh, cream colored and and dark brown. So. Yeah, it wasn't really uh, a good-looking bus at that time. But I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, wow, this isn't in bad shape. Well, you've heard the saying, lipstick on a pig. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I drove this thing around, loved it, and put some tires on it and a roof rack and kind of snazzed it up. But I was never happy with running it like the way it was. So my dream was always to tear it down and do it right. Well... So that day came, and I got in my shop, and I ripped it down and, and took it uh, to get media blasted. Well, when I got it back. The car is from uh, northern Utah, so you got it back, and they gave you six inches around the door handle and said, here's your car back. <laughs> yeah. Here, they, they have this uh, Apple box, and it's covered a couple parts in it, and here's your, here's your bus. So it, needless to say, it was bad. Right. And. Uh, it was bad from a body man's perspective. Sure. So, uh, so I jumped into this thing, and and I'm thinking, well, you either fix it or haul it off and and have it crushed. And I couldn't do that, so I started ordering up all the sheet metal and and started working on it. And uh, the love came back, and it was therapy for me. I loved working on it, even though it was a ton of work. Yeah, you were probably excited to work on it. Yeah, I, I was. I, uh, at the time, I was still a fireman, and I'd come home off my shifts, and, and I'd go out in the, in the shop. And, and again, it was my therapy. And I, uh, I met so many cool people. In the VW scene. In the VW scene. And being that I had done hot rods and stuff before, uh, I kind of knew that scene. And that scene, uh, truthfully, kind of turned me off. And I, I met so many cool people online and in the scene there in Utah that it inspired me to, to keep building this bus and, and to do it exactly the way I want it. And that the, the friendships is probably more than the vehicle. Yeah. No, I mean, that's for sure. A lot of us, we create like life. Like I was telling you with the picture, I just showed you about Scott and I driving and Scott and I've been, I mean, we ran each other to the VW show and been buddies. You know, now it's one of these things where through the Volkswagen connection, we've made really great friendships with people, you know? Right. And, and I thought when I was uh, driving up here from, 
from Utah to, to Las Vegas, I was kind of reflecting. I thought, I wonder if I would still be as passionate about it if all the people that I've met were not in the scene, that I didn't know anybody. If it was just you and your bus and that yeah, was it. Yeah, if it was just me and my bus, yeah, I would enjoy it. But I think that uh, those friendships just bring it to a new a new level. And what I'm talking about with the friendships is I have, for instance, uh, Michael Anderson is here from DubFab, and we became friends. We became friends, and, and we became friends know, fast. Like it we was did. overnight, and I really appreciated it. There was just, it's refreshing, and you know, meeting you and you had when I first met you, um, there was something real genuine just about your interest in the product. You were interested in me and what I did. You had a lot of questions about it. We sat right. down and we had conversation after conversation of what I had to offer for you. And I took an interest in your bus and, and, you know, what wheels are you picking out? How do you want this to look in the end? And it was, it was, I was thankful to be a part of your vision for your bus. I really appreciated that. Well, and, and that's, that's the thing. If when you're working on somebody else's vehicle, you know that there's a love there and you're creating something for them. You're, you're bringing back memories and, mm-hmm. and all those ideas that they have about uh, the future of this vehicle being part of their life. Sure. But back to the friendships, I, I remember talking to Michael and, and I, had no idea what I was going to do with the suspension and his name came up in the, in the scene in Utah. And so I gave him a call and the whole time I'm thinking, here I am talking to a guy that, that he does this for a living. This is how he makes his money. And I'm asking him, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. I'm a do it yourselfer sure. now. And so basically I'm taking money off of his table, asking him how I should do yeah, this. You were calling for the recipe. A lot right. of people do. You're calling for the recipe. And I'm like, this is how you do it. Right. And I'm, I'm thankful to not only him, but the other people that I've talked to that they're willing to share. Now, in other industries, it doesn't work, uh, it it doesn't doesn't work, like work that. that way. And so that impressed me. And in return, uh, and I knew this, but he didn't know this. Uh, in return, I knew that I would share that back tenfold. That I would that I would bring him absolutely that I would bring him a business and 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 he would get paid back for all the information that he's given me and but the friendships are more important to me than uh, the vehicles themselves. Now I love them, I love working on them for people, but uh, more than that, the friendships. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And well, I'm sure, Michael, you've been in a lot longer than I have. Now, I have I was in it, left it, and came back. Uh, but you've been in it for a long time. And I'm sure uh, some of the people that you've dealt with that, that are lifelong friends. Yep. And it's the, it's the passion of the vehicle. So I make jokes with people all the time that, yeah, dude, I'm more interested in your car than you are. And they say, ah, yeah, right. And no, yeah, that's not true. But I make jokes like that so that they can feel right off the bat. I'm interested in them. I'm interested in their vision and helping them bring their vision into fold. And when it happens in the end through this long drawn out process to make their car exactly what they want it to be, exactly on their wheel and tire selection and their, and their stance to get it to look exactly the right way, they are so happy and enthusiastic, energetic about it. And I get a great satisfaction in helping somebody's dream come to life because if somebody's putting, let's just use buses, somebody's putting a bus together, it's hundreds and hundreds of hours of work to get it to look exactly what they want it to look like. 
And I appreciate just being a small part of that, you know, and just I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to participate in them bringing their dream to life. It's so much fun. And I love people. And I love, again, talking about the friendships. I love the friendships that have been made. I know so many people because of this business that started out as a hobby. And I'm just very grateful for it. All right. So now we're getting to Michael's story, how Michael got into how Michael started in the VW scene. So what's your VW story? So my VW story is getting a 1968 square back in 1994. Royal blue, little street beat, short little rag top in it. First thing I did was slam that thing on its junk and <laughs> cut the bump stops off the front because a Type 3, you can slam them for no money. And started mobbing that thing all around, took it down to the beach, took it everywhere. Took it to Fullerton College, you know, driving around in college, having a courier job in downtown L.A. and having my alternator decide to quit on me one day where I'd have to strategically park and jump start and kicks, you know, push start, my, push start my square back yeah, to get we, around. We, I got to get to the there. next place. I'm delivering film for these Hollywood people. And anyway, so that's it. That's in the that's in the mid 90s. And um, I had a love for cars and I quit doing the Volkswagen scene for a minute and then uh I uh, went and worked for Audiobond for a little while, and uh, they had, you know, their audio equipment, and, and uh, you know, it was still in the car scene, but it was fast, and it was not so furious. It was <laughs> a lot of tuner import cars, and I got tired of it real quick, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go buy me a crew cab, and I'm going to figure out what does it take to slam a crew cab, and I said, you know what? I'm going to need AutoCAD. I'm going to need her to learn how to draft this stuff up because I want to get serious about it. So I got a computer, got some AutoCAD, and started cutting and welding. And I'm like, I better learn how to weld. I need to weld up a front end. How are we going to do this? I went and bought a welder. I'm like, it was just nobody taught me how to do anything. I just wanted to know it. And I got in, and I got dirty, and just been evolving parts ever since. And that's it. It's all buses all, all day long. But when you started, you were in Southern California, right? You are in Whittier? Yeah, I was in Whittier, California. And that was a rough time for me. So I had, I had gotten divorced. I had stuff going on in my life. I ended up from going from Vegas back to California. I grew up in, in California and Whittier was the last place that I lived. And I started getting into doing bus suspension and I got tired of California and decided, you know, California's great, but I needed to slow down life a little bit. And I was having, you know, life struggles and I decided to move to Utah where my family was and, and I bounced out of there and took, got married and took another break from Volkswagens for a little bit. And, uh, then decided to start it up, start up Dubfab in like, I don't know, 2010 to 2011 with that. And just nonstop, just busted. Started doing it in the garage, was doing it in the garage for all these people in Utah. And suddenly I decided I need to be a professional. So I went and got a shop and then another shop. And it's just, that's it. Just keep going and going. And my mind dreams, suspension and geometry. Just kept going from All there. the time. Yeah. All the time. I'll wake, up, I'll wake up in the morning like, ah, I know how that works. Or I need to check on this. Or yeah. I'll wake up in the morning and, and it's just all buses. All the people ask me, how did how'd you come up with that? And, right. and if it's my idea, take credit for it. If I borrowed an idea from someone else, I'll give them credit for that. But, you know, this is just, this is an involving industry is what it is. And there's so many cool things that are available for doing suspension on, on uh, split window and bay window buses. And just, I love it all day, every day. How long have you been doing what you're doing? And, and on your bus, you've got the black and white bus on the smoothies, the 21 window. Right. And you built that bus from beginning, from start to finish, or what's the story on that bus? Yes, it was. Uh, it started out as an 11 window, 
piece of Swiss cheese and uh, ended up making it a 21 window uh, with the help of some, you know, a lot of metal from uh, Wolfsburg West and, you know, a shout out to uh, John Albert Grumpy's. You know, he he was another one of those guys that uh, I, I met at Octo and uh, I went down there looking specifically for this roof conversion and he took the time and talked to me and I ended up buying that roof conversion and, and putting it in my bus and he was a lot of help. Uh, I actually ended up doing a video series for him of the install and since then we've become really good friends and uh, you know I've, I, I've got some of his new cargo doors that I'm putting on my, uh, I'm doing a 64 walk through and I'm gonna make it a double door. And with that, you know, I've got Dubfab that's that's now, if you're following him on Instagram, you can see those uh, 911 rotors that- uh, Yeah, big that, brakes. Yeah, that he's, that he's spinning and, and actually it's going to, uh, it's gonna be on the 64 on an independent Mustang front end. So I'm kind of going outside the box and and that's with some help and information from Preston Frank, who has done it before. Who's done this at least two times. Yeah, yeah. Shout, shout, out, and he's done Preston, it. shout out to Preston Frank. And, Preston and so, yeah, well. here again, I reached out to him, super nice, uh, willing to give me the recipe and all the information needed for me to comfortably do something that's, that's quite outside the box. Yeah, well, you know, and... I think that's one of the things the VW community, it's, there's a lot of do-it-yourselfers, and so people are willing to, to help other guys do things because, like, you started with your business wanting to do your own beams, yeah. and then you thought, hey, not a lot of people are offering this. I can offer this as a service. And yeah. then, you know, somebody calls you. You know, you know what it takes, and you know that there's a level of commitment to create the front beam. You know there's a level of commitment to, to take a sawzall and start modifying the bus and doing some things like that. So you, you have no problem telling somebody because you know, like, you hope you're committed because when you start doing this, like it's not an easy job, people will give up on stuff before, like if their skill set doesn't match. And some people yeah. they get a great skill set, some people don't. But and they find out real quick. You know, I think I think the the good thing about it is we all start in this industry because we want to contribute a little bit more than the average person to our own projects. You know, the things that we build, and then we find out like, hey, I, I got a knack for this. I enjoy doing this, which is probably key. You know, because a lot of people a lot of people are, are doing things and having jobs that they don't enjoy. And when you enjoy what you do, you know, then it's a different, it's a different story from the standpoint of being able to produce work and product and those types of things. So we talked about how you got into Volkswagens and how talked about how you got into Volkswagens. Now you've been doing the roof sections for quite a while now, right? Yeah, I got back into it. I've been working in the Volkswagen scene now for probably four years. Started out with doing my own bus, and now uh, I've, I've got people that are contacting me constantly to do work for them. And, you know, I again, it's the relationships and the fun of helping somebody create their, their dream. Yeah. What part of... Um, don't get distracted by Michael and his Facebook shenanigans. Oh, I'm sending a message while we're doing this. We got to keep an eye on Michael over here. I'm just trying to monitor how things are coming across over here. Yeah, you know, you got to watch this group. I've been hanging out with these guys all day at SEMA, and 
Yeah, uh, and Joe's 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 wow. been having a rough day today because we really been we've been really tough on Joe a little bit today, and uh, but it's fun because he's a good sport and. You know, all the training that he's had in his career as a firefighter of like polishing the bell, making the chili, working out, yeah. doing laundry, those types of things. That's mostly what firefighters oh, do. It's tough. <laughs> Playing cards. Playing cards, yeah. right. He's super good at cards. Yeah. So. Watching, Engine watching the TV. You know, I've 37 years in the in the fire service. I don't think I've watched a full movie. Right. You know, I, I've watched uh, pieces here and there. And so, you know what? Listen, uh, somebody's the, somebody's got to protect you guys. The chili's not going to cook itself. I got what you're saying. Like, yeah, oh, the, the chili, the spaghetti. Time, the timer's went off. Laundry's done. Got to go to bed. Yeah. But uh, go to bed. Yeah. It's it's uh. So you doing the the body mods and the metal work stuff like that? Like you enjoy doing that? Like for you, it's kind of a, it's, it's therapy. A, it's, it's therapy. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> while he's doing that, uh, you know, we found out some information about, you know, Bill and. And George today. And George, I wish George and, would have hung out. Know, George, George is also known as Bruno, aka, AKA and Bruno. now, and now Bill is is Vinny. So aka Vinny, uh, he probably doesn't want me to share this, but you know, we we got to tell the truth, bro. Go ahead, go ahead. What's the what's the truth? What you mean about Vasilios? I'm not worried about that. That's my real name. So no, Vinny. 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 Yeah. So we, we we met up with Chris Baker today from uh, Classic Steel Bodies and was talking about the new bus, right. and uh, and you know I I can say that I think he he was a little afraid when he first walked up because you know I mean Michael and I were pretty normal looking guys but you know Bill and George, Sad. Vinny, Sad. Bruno <laughs> from Las Vegas. Las Vegas. It's like you know what he are we knew. getting what are we getting ourselves into he, here? He knew what was up. And now, you know, uh, we're doing this podcast at his studio and he drives us across town. And, and the whole time I'm thinking, you know, is he taking us out in the we're desert going to murder <laughs> us? We're going to bury some bodies. Yeah. yeah. Where so, are the shovels? So, are the shovels in the truck? Yeah. That's, you know, we, so we were a little bit concerned, but uh, we're having a great time here. Michael, so you started doing the beams. Uh-huh. Obviously, starting doing the beams, that evolves into multiple things. Now, people have been doing airbags and whatnot on beams for quite a while now. I mean, you know, we're talking 10 years, but, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really started out kind of super archaic to some degree, right? Right. So it's a little bit complicated because there just isn't enough room under the bus for all the moving parts. Uh, so it's taken a long time to perfect, and I have relied on other people's ideas. I've, I've taken other people's ideas and helped make them grow. And, and you can have airbags on the inside of the frame and you can have them on the outside of the frame, but there's at the end of the day, there's just, it, there's only one place that it fits and there's only one way that works well. And it's taken a long time to perfect that because you can't get a whole lot of range out of the front end. You can get all kinds of range out of the back end. It's easy peasy, but those arms are so short in the front and you, you, you know, where you place your bag position behind the front end, behind the beam, to get that air ride to move, you also have steering back there, and you can only push the bag so far back. So, you know, our, our, my Dub Fab's air ride front end for split window buses gets six and a half inches of lift, and I have maximized every single degree out of that that I can squeeze to get it to do that. And if you if you look at that versus like an American car that has air ride on it, that thing moves 12 inches. You know, it it really travels, and that's impressive. But we've done so much to maximize 
um, our air ride suspension and it's evolving and it's evolving now. I've got a second, uh, updated design that's about to come out and make things a little bit smoother and trying to tackle Joe's front end project. We're going to put that Mustang two front suspension, a arm front suspension underneath his split bus. And it is very complicated and very mod heavy. And, um, again, we're relying on some of Preston's experience and we're going to add our own into it. And I'm really excited for that, how, how that's going to come out. The Mustang two, a-arm front suspension conversion, the rack and pinion. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about articulation for a minute. So the biggest challenge that you so, well, I want to back it up two steps. In the beginning, people were using one bag. So yes. I remember people were doing like a single bag with uh, like a single bag in the center mm -hmm. that was essentially moving the torsions. Correct. That's yeah. how it originally well, worked. It was off. Here's the deal. It was offset from the center because down the center of a bus beam is right. the shift linkage and the steering. So it was offset and somehow had to get to the middle. And I've taken one of those front ends out of a bus. And when I saw it, I'm like, whoa, how did this come to life? This is right. Because we were just trying to scramble to rough. use what was there and then you went with then the people started doing dual bag beams uh -huh. a beam on each side although still having a torsion bar connecting the two front left the left and right side together yeah so what it is is it's it's bag over leaf pack so it still uses the leaf packs and it has the bags under it so it's pseudo independent but it's not it, you know it's not any less independent than your original front end was when the center blocks were locked in mm -hmm. so um, yeah so it's it's a real cushy comfortable design when you're when you're floating down the street on that you know it it rides nice and it rides smooth and that's because we're not using a solid bar stock a chromoly bar stock across the front end which would tie in the left side to the right side it's actually there's some twist in there so if one side moves yeah. the other doesn't have to you I, get the bump steer i had actually seen a suspension set up one time that was like a piece of box tubing through the whole bottom arm and i thought to myself like no how, way, how does that even work yeah it was it was a funky setup but um, it, it was, for me, it was, it was unique in, in respect to like, uh, I don't know how they're trying to work that. I guess they're just making that whole front end, like one hinge and adjusting the height. And we're more concerned about height and less concerned about suspension. That's been sure. the challenge Perform with, you're not concerned about performance correct. at all. You just need to get that thing to move. And that's, Ooh, that's a horrible. Idea. Well, yeah. And that, but don't you think it's, it's kind of cool how the Volkswagen scene has evolved and oh, you yeah. have a ton of backyard mechanics, and they're trying all sorts of things. I oh, mean, yeah. they're working. Everything, just about everything has been tried. Right. And, and you can see the designs that are successful move forward, and the ones that don't, don't. And right. it, I've bagged everything. I've bagged buses, square backs, beetles, one bag, two bag, right. rack and pinion, so single when, box. What, so when middle. you bag a square back, uh -huh. so, so I'm, listen, the reason everybody wants to bag something, I think, is because they want to be able to lay it on the ground. Yeah, it's all about the park. Right. When you park it, it needs to be laid out. That's right. it. Just lay it on the ground. Uh -huh. And then be able to get it back up off the ground and have it actually have some suspension ride, still look cool, and then go with like the system that's in your bus, Joe. Joe's bus, and he's got that beautiful black and white 21-window rag top that sits on the smoothies. And I took your bus for ride. And I've always been, personally myself, I've always been a little bit shy on bag systems because of my concern of either a bag going out, being stranded, or right. whatever the case. Because you have a tendency to see that where there's a lot of do-it-yourselfers and you see a lot of do-it-yourself failures. But I drove your bus, and your bus drove fantastic. I mean, I loved it, and and I love using my bus. And I have a big family, and so it's we Christmas time we go see the lights, drive around downtown or down to the speedway, and I'll put eight people in my bus, and it's like. Okay, they're like, "What, well, Daddy? What's that smell of burning rubber?" I'm like, "Don't worry about that." <laughs> you get that, you get that wheel scrub. That. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> well, that's really why I went with Air Ride. My bus was totally done and painted. Yeah. And static, and it was lowered static. It was lowered static, and I had a, a beam for Michael, yeah. and and I called Michael up, and which we talk about, talk to each other maybe a couple times a week. Yeah. And our conversations are like, hey, dude, you know, I'm I'm thinking about this. Can this be done? What do you think? And so we bounce stuff off each other. But what happened was very same thing. I loaded my family up, Went drove around drive. the block, and and I'm just rubbing bad. I'm going, I cannot do this. It takes the cool out of it pretty quick. It takes quick. the cool out of it. When people are going, well, what? And what it gives you going? anxiety when you're driving. Yeah. You're like, what's Here's happening Here's this here? beautiful bus. And so at that point, I called my club. I've got to change this. I guess you told me to go air ride in the beginning. I didn't listen to you. Big mistake. Now I'm going to listen to you. How do we do this? And so I tore into it. He built me a beam, which uh, personally, from my perspective, I would have nobody else work on my vehicle as far as suspension. So he put this together and and I, I installed it with with help from him. I had never done an air ride suspension. And so I'm calling him left and right. Well, what should I do here? What should I do there? And I use the AccuAir system with the four corner suspension. Uh, the E-level. The E-level. The E-level. Yep. Yeah. And and so you can, you can slam it all the way so that it's right against your tubs or wheel wells, or you can raise it up to full height. Uh, halfway is like drive height. And the great thing about the sensors is when you pile people in it, and you punch two, it's going to stay there no it matter. It automatically corrects yeah, for the additional load. Yeah, it automatically corrects it. And, and it was really cool because we, when we were down at Buses by the Bridge, we loaded it up to go uh, out to dinner. To go mob around, yeah, to go get some And, you know, punch two, and it's riding, looking good, no rubbing. So that was the main reason, but still there's nothing cooler than, than taking it somewhere and slamming it. Even though on Facebook and Instagram, when you take a picture, everybody's saying like, oh, dude, how do you drive that so low? Right. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't realize, they don't realize and, and, that it's on there. And, and now it's time for the let's talk dubs portion of this. I know when I drive my bus, it was like flying a helicopter. I had a scale outside, and depending on what you weighed, it's what seat you sat in <laughs> yes. to, try to, balance, yes. to try to balance yeah, the load. Balance it, out. it would be like my little kids in the front, my brother George in the back, so we could George try to... George, you demoted to the back seat. We, we, could, try, we could try to angle the weight out so I wouldn't rub the front tire and so much. George had a Big Mac and a, and yeah, we, and a fry, well, you're that talking, would change it. But you know, my problem was with, with George and myself, right, over a front beam with no tubs in my bus, we had about two inches of travel i mean if two that, two inches of that. two yeah, inches yeah. Of, of downward travel and now you put george on the front that's a, that's a half a grand over the front axle yeah and so and that's you know, not that's not including the big Macs you had for lunch correct it would cause us to like strategically place people where they sat and all that stuff and so that was unfun then i drove your bus and i was kind of sold on air because you had like a a more refined system and over the last few years they've started really refining the air management systems because most of them were just like hey Let's do it cheap. We can do your air system for six hundred bucks. It's right. like all bags, couple lines, one solenoid, and something funky, and one a switch and a, and and a toggle. Yeah, and now they're they're doing. But <laughs> you know the with the air suspension, I think there it, it seemed like the air suspension thing came on so quick, and obviously, I think air cooled was the first guy to heavily market right. So Pete with air cooled type one for Beatles. for type yeah. one for Beatles, but in in his system was. 
his system, I think, was more about height in the beginning. It was about range, yeah. Yeah, it, it, and and I think he was using like air shocks and some yeah, stuff like that. He's using the Monroe, it, yeah, and, uh, Max and, air, air and, shocks. And Pete went through a lot of evolutions in that system and whatnot, and and I think you know there's been constant evolution in that. But with the bus, it's been such a different thing. And the and, and the biggest challenge in the bus right now, or that's always been in the bus has been travel because as soon as you lower that bus, you're sitting over the front wheel arc. So as soon as you start modifying the wheel arc, now you start going up. So your tires can go down or your body can go down. And that's been the biggest thing hindering bus suspension from really being something that people are taking the next level. So you guys talked about going into doing uh, this Mustang two front end and seeing how you can do that, which was, the brainchild or the tested version of uh, Preston Frank. Preston, Preston Frank. Frank. So shout out yeah. to Preston Frank. And, uh, you know, how much of that is going to solve the problem or, 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 or are you doing it for more, for like a better ride? Like what's the, what's the purpose for I the double the advantage would be handling. So you're going from an, an, an arch in the suspension that moves front to back for one that moves um, inward because you're using arm suspension and you can get more height out of it. Um, and it, you know, the way people are moving over to arm suspensions and beetles, like there's, there's a greater performance aspect there. So you can have air ride and it could perform well. It can perform well with the torsion housing setup, the torsion bar setup that we have now. And I know that it'll handle well with the Mustang two front suspension. And uh, we're going to try it out and we're going to see how crazy you have to get with the mods because it's intense. You're cutting out sections of your frame and not everyone's willing to do that. And not everyone has the skill to do something like that. And you have to keep it square. Like you can't get, hey, uh, you can't eyeball it. Hey, this looks close enough. Like it has to be dead square. I seen some dude on the Samba. (laughs) Seems like Samba sells a bunch of parts that are just kind of. Sure. Kind of like, yeah, I think that's close enough. Well, so, <laughs> we don't need tight gaps. What? <laughs> yeah. So, so the the now the tough part is, I think if you let's say you made a system, right? You come up with a system. You figure out a way to take a Mustang two front end, which is, which which because of how long it's been on the market, it's the cost of it's become so cheap. The rack and pin. I mean, you could yeah. buy a complete suspension front package, coilovers, everything Mustang two for what a grand. Fifteen hundred dollars uh, yeah. with brakes, maybe, and then and then you add airbags, and uh, you can go. But let's say we just start at the fifteen hundred bucks. Oh, so yeah. you start at that price point, and then you modify or make an adapter to bolt it to the frame for the 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 frame head of a bus. Now the challenge is like when you sell something like that, was that guy's bus ever wrecked? Right. Was the front ever damaged? Where well, it's see, not going to line is, up. Well, see, the thing is, too, it's not going to be bolted. There's no way for no all bolting. those parts to line up. It will not be bolted. You will be chopping out sections of your front frame to piece this in. So to make because that it's, work, because it's skinnier, and those those arm pockets go where the frame is now. So have, have you guys ever looked at? And this is a little bit of, and I'm only just throwing this question out there. Have you guys ever looked at Corvair front suspension? Because the entire Corvair front suspension is bolt in. It, it's it's an entire. It's like a miniature. It's like a different version of the, um, the. Is it coil spring? The, the Mustang it? too. It's a coil spring A arm front suspension, uh-huh. uh, that has those stabilizing rods on the lower control arm. Okay. Lower A arm, and uh, and I don't know how much how much articulations in it, and it may it may not work. Come to think about it, because. The guy that I've seen that airbagged his Corvair for it to lay frame, essentially, mm-hmm. he had to cut the perches out and run it up higher because it's like a miniature version of suspension. You know what I mean? 
Well, and the difference with the challenge that we've got with this independent Mustang front suspension is it comes straight off at a straight ankle, and the buses, the suspension itself is going back. Yeah, and the, the you know, and that's one of the downfalls of the torsion bar suspension on the front of a bus. As the wheel travels up into the bus at those real extreme angles, the wheel suddenly is moving forward in the arch with every bump. So every bump you hit, you're not right. only fighting the up and down travel. That wheel needs to move forward for right. it to articulate. And so, so that's kind of the challenge we're we're having with the the independent front suspension. But looking forward to that challenge, and you know, with the rack and pinion steering. Uh, and you know the people have been using the mustang too on hot rods for a long time and trucks sedans everything and i had basically i grafted in a velari uh independent torsion bar suspension into a 53 ford pickup years ago and it worked amazing and so that kind of brought me to this idea that uh that i was going to try it on my bus now before I even knew Preston, that's when I called Michael at Dubfab, and I said, hey, look, I got this idea. What do you think? And he says, well, you know, touch bases with this Preston. He's talked to him a few times, and and uh, what a great guy. And he, he just told me, and I haven't started installing it yet. I do have it in my shop, but uh, he's told me, well, as you're doing it, let me know, and I'll, I'll walk you through uh, how I did it. Which now, is, which is again. a shout out to the Volkswagen community. The yeah. Volkswagen community is... Just is, to help each other. Yes. Yeah. And a bunch of pioneers through the through the years that have gotten us to where we're at right now as far as technology. Um, with So on his conversion that he's done, because he's done two buses like that, right? Mm-hmm. How much of the floors he cut out? He chopped it all out. Yeah, he, he cut it all out. chopped out the bulkhead, the seats, all of it. And all made, of it was gone. And you don't have to go get that involved, but that's how that's the direction he went. Yeah. He took all of the sheet metal in the center of, of the cab out. And I, you know, I'm not scared to do that because the one thing, my favorite thing is to, is to get that sawzall out and, and just don't start you have, cutting. Don't it. you have a $99 special if you want to? If you want a hole in your roof, you just oh yeah, $99 yeah. in 20 minutes, you'll well, have an opening. Yeah, and get that sawzall going. Absolutely, but. Uh, you know, to all the purists out there, don't worry. I'm not cutting barn doors up. I'm uh, this is an 11 window, rusted out, uh, nothing really special. And I'm all for making a vehicle into something that that I truly love to drive, and I like to show off to other people and get their feedback and just kind of enjoy enjoy the whole thing, other than. Uh, you know, if I found a, bound, a barn door bus that was something really special and unique, yeah, I'd try to keep it stock and and uh, and keep it original. But I, I'm kind of not that guy right now. And there's enough stock ones. I mean, my, my two senses, there's enough stock ones out there. So I don't think anybody's missing out on uh, stockers. But listen, that's just my two cents, man. Your car, do what you want with it. Sure. Right. Now, Michael, on, uh, with you with the suspension, you got into doing the airbags. Now... And, and that's and you've taken quite an evolution from just beams to now. And, and it's to, all air to, ride. I get calls all day long for all, air ride. For all air ride. Uh-huh. And then you're also working on brake setups now too. So that was I was real reluctant to get on board with the Mustang II suspension because my first idea was how are you going to get Porsche brakes on there in a Porsche wheel pattern? And I know it could be done, but I didn't know how. I had so, faith in you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I sent so, the parts to him and said, "Hey, Mike, uh, uh, make this happen." <laughs> 
I'm totally prejudiced. If it ain't Porsche wheels, get out of here, dude. Right. So my my first thought was, okay, that's you know the Mustang two rotor comes blank, Ford or Chevy pattern, and I've known that because I've hung out on Speedway. I know the parts. And so I wasn't necessarily on board. I'm like, how are we going to do this? So I finally cracked into it. Okay, here's the Mustang two spindle. I've got a recipe for it now, and it wasn't it took me half a morning to figure it out. I'm like, boom, we're putting a combination of parts to put 911 turbo brakes, big old 330 millimeter rotors, and those giant four four pot uh, big red calipers on that thick rotor, and that's going to be it. It's going to be gorgeous. Yeah, and, so and, and, that, and it's brakes. That's the evolution of brakes. So you figured out the recipe to how to make that work for uh-huh. on the Mustang two spindle. Correct. Yes. So what you've been working on right now is getting his brake set up, uh-huh. his brake setup dialed in, uh-huh. and now the next step is to figure out how to mod that whole suspension setup to fit underneath that bus. Yeah. So ever so when you're when you're custom tailoring this suit of suspension for your bus, it always starts on the outside in. The center section is the last part that you figure out because you need to worry about wheels placement. So you pick your wheels and tires. Then you need to know your brakes on what spindle they're going in. And then you need to pick the width of that suspension to put your wheel right in the center of the wheel pocket. And and that's how it's done. It's done reverse of what you thought it would be. No, I, you know, I don't mean to, you know, be the, the trailblazer and all this stuff, but, uh, but you know, I, I got lucky. I, I got lucky because of, you know, when I put my 17s on my bus way back in the day and there's one guy that listens to this podcast, that's like, they should call it talk about my bull run bus. Well, <laughs> we it's my podcast. I'll talk about whatever I want. But when I did my bus setup originally, uh, well, I put the twist wheels on there, those 17-inch Boxster wheels. I just happened to luck out, and I it just happened by chance that I was down in – I was going to run adapters or do whatever I had to do to run Porsche wheels on my car. And knowing the offset of the Boxster wheels, I know I didn't need to narrow the beam because it would tuck in. And if you look at the Bull Run bus and the pictures of it, it looks like it's a narrowed beam, but it's a stock beam. Because of the offset of the be, wheels. Because of the offset of the wheels. So I kind of got lucky. My only issue is – the outside lip, because it's a stock wheel setup, the outside lip rubs against the step inside the dog leg. Yep. And that's just been the nightmare. I'm like, I can deal with a little bit of the tire rub. Actually, when the tire hits the well, the fender well, it's like, er, er. I mean, it's super <laughs> annoying. And so, um, you know, truth be told, uh, Michael and I are talking about possibly doing something th- through the the bull run revamp, but uh, we'll get you guys more on that later. But uh, after driving Joe's bus, I'm like, I'm so digging it because things I would anticipate like a jarring thing to go over or something kind of funky. That bus was like super smooth, man. Yeah. And I was, and the biggest thing for me is like, you can keep this, you can keep the height where it is and just regardless of the quantity and keep loading it with people. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's the part that really interests me because there's nothing worse than having a nine passenger bus and just like, no bro, only two of us can ride. Cause that, that's literally, I (laughs) literally, on the next one. (laughs) We're listen, we're at the classic and I was in the carbon cab and my daughter wanted to bring her friend. And I was like, come on now. And so she wanted to bring her friend. And so I was kind of like, look, your friends have to stay here because there's too many people. It's, it's just not fitting. It's not fitting the double. We're rubbing tires. And uh, long story short, I had to take her on because my wife said we couldn't kick the friend out. So it is what it is. But uh, now, you know, she, now she's scarred for life. Yeah, well, listen, you, listen, you know, you know she's, I think it, I think it turned her happy. life around because she got the drive. She got to ride in the carbon cab. So. Anybody so now she's hooked her life. Right. Yeah. Get a book. It, oh, anybody that takes the Type 4 power, bro, knows what's up. So, um, Well, Bill, you know, I, I, I want to bust in here and say that, you know, I, you're a cool dude. 
I mean, <laughs> and and you know you've swinging. you've been a pioneer, and and <laughs> I, I mean most of the people that have listened to this podcast, they don't understand, you know, all four people how how cool that you really are, and I have to say that that when I saw the carbon, we, we cap, call him Cool Bill when he's not. Well, right? Cool Bill, we call him Cool Vinny, but his, but, you no, know, when his I, nose is hitting the microphone, it's growing. When I when I saw the carbon cab, that was, uh, at, what, two years ago at the Classic? Or a year ago at the Classic. Oh, when you first saw it? Yeah, that was the first time I saw it. It was at the Classic. Yeah, yeah, that's when we met. When yes. I met you. And, uh, you know, I saw the wheel uh, brake combination and the color combination. And, and I thought, you know what, I, I really like that. And it just fills I, it out. Well, like, and, and, and to tell you the truth, that's what I'm doing on the 64. You can hate me, nah, bro, look. but you know what? Uh, when you copy somebody, that's, that's the biggest that's, form of flattery. That's yeah. right. That's right. Hey, you know, long. girls, Listen. girls don't like it, but guys, they go yeah. like, yeah, yep. cool. You got the same shirt. Validated. I Validated. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's a guy with taste. Yeah. 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 So, now, but you know, my, my thing with built with building with the, the crew cab I would see things and, and, and I'd get the brakes and I'd be like, these are going to fit on something. I want these brakes to fit on there. And I didn't know how it was going to happen. And I have to give a shout out to my buddy Lanner with VW Engineering because Lanner in Canada, a, yeah. in Canada, he's the guy that helped me get the turbo brakes on my on my uh, double cab. And just looking at the turret, because it's one thing like, okay, you go 17-inch wheels and then you got the, st- the stock small rotors. I had the same thing on my Tahoe. I had a, I had a two-door Tahoe, rest in peace, because it got totaled about a year ago. Had a two-door Tahoe, and I had 20-inch wheels on the front, and it had that itty-bitty yeah, like a little eleven. Little, Those are cute. <laughs> hold on, Those and it went from, hold on, it went from bad to worse <laughs> because it had the little tiny rotors in the front because now the wheel is huge. Little tiny rotors in the front, and then I painted the calipers red. So now I was like, hey, oh, look in oh, here, look arrows. So you're was that your wife's car, Bill, <laughs> right. or were, were you so rolling I, it? I need. Uh, so I went to the swap meet. I bought those discs that are cross-drilled discs. That no, I'm just kidding. I didn't buy those. But, <laughs> I, I almost thought like those were going to be a bad idea, but you know, did you put those spinner wheels no, on it. The car didn't make it. It got totaled, but oh, it was gone. But, uh, you know, I, I like, it's nice when everything fits, you know, like a wheel tire combination or the wheels and the brakes and all that stuff. Everything's got to kind of flow together. And if it doesn't, then it looks, everything kind of looks a little off. Like with me personally, one of my personal pet peeves with wheels and tires on cars is to run like a seven in the front and a seven in the back. Not a fan, bro. Not a fan. Man up. Run some, run some staggered wheels. Mm-hmm. Run, eight, run sevens in the front, eights Ten, in the back. Tens in the back. Boom. Be, if you're gonna be a man, be a man. So I guess. You, so you're saying I'm less of a man because I don't have a staggered Bro, seven listen, on my on listen, my bus. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is you can learn. You <laughs> don't can, you have seventeen nines all the way around? <laughs> yeah. Step up. Yeah. yeah so I have are, seventeen nines, but they're some, all the way around yeah, and you they're not some, staggered. So you, you know, I big, apologize. Well, but what I'm saying is like I I like the look of a nice wide tire under the back. Especially if you got a lot of power, Big you know. Big footprint. It just looks like a steamroller. Uh-huh. And one of the guys I got to give credit to that really got me inspired way back in the day was Franklin up at Franklin's VW Works. Yeah. So Franklin has been doing this stuff for a long time. I've been trying to get him on the podcast. We can't seem to connect. And I, I promise to have him on the podcast soon. But Franklin's was been has been doing bus beams for a long time. And uh-huh. and I used to look at like he had a panel bus with some three piece wheels on it. I mean, he was trying to do stuff 
way back in the day. And so I got to give him a shout out for a lot of inspiration that he inspired me to do some things like that. So, so I'd see what he's doing and I'm like, okay, it can be done. I mean, this is back like pre Samba days. We're talking vintage bus days. So we'd go on vintagebus.com, post up some pictures and you know, uh, this is, this was back in the day when the owner, Tom of vintage bus got on there and said, Hey guys, here's my phone bill. I'm going to need some help. <laughs> I'm going to need some help paying Way this phone back. bill. Yeah, bro. He's like, all oh, this daddy. It's like a $700 phone bill. Can you get some donations? And uh, <laughs> um, it's funny how long we've, how far we've come. But, you know, being in, in that circumstance of seeing the evolution of these things in the beginning. And so there's, there's so many iterations of different front suspensions from, you know, narrowed beams to narrowed beams. We're using ball joint trailing arms with using you know, converting to IRS and, uh, you know, coilovers. The bull run uh-huh. bus has a set of coilovers that are a thousand years old uh-huh. that are like those buggy shocks because I lowered back. it. I lowered it uh-huh. and I was like, ah, oh, it's just a little, it just slightly little. sat a little bit lower in the back, uh-huh. but I couldn't raise it up because it would be too high because those, those eight inch wheels in the back have to fit just right. And so then I went and got these coilovers, shoved them up underneath. So I mean, we're, we're talking, that's what you did in, in nine, in 2000, yep. you know what I mean? 2001, there wasn't, there wasn't a bunch of, options out there but now with what you guys are doing you know there's there's just tons of tons of options out there what do you find the most popular thing michael that people are doing so inboard narrowed beams so six inch seven inch narrowed beams that mount inboard of the frame rail those are becoming increasingly popular because people are picking wheels and tires now they're not traditional they're not straight out of the mp catalog they're not something that's been on another bus and that's one of the first conversations i have with anyone is you know obviously pick out your wheels and tires first but go find something that no one else has because if you know people remember the car and they remember the wheels and go find something else but but uh yeah having having a real skinny front end but not pushing your wheels way in there it's all about wheel placement so um all all these evolutions in front suspension and rear suspension are to make our buses more drivable so everything we do is to make them more drivable and to make them drive 75 miles an hour down the freeway if you wanted to versus 50 miles an hour 40 years ago With putting big fat meats up in the front, that also makes the steering a lot harder because you got a way bigger footprint. It makes it a little bit harder, but it's also so we could come up with a powered steering, but it's only hard when you're driving slow. That's well, it. And, and that's step thing, on that like, gas pedal. <laughs> well, when you're trying to park it and you're sitting there like, you know, you're getting your triceps, oh, yeah, it's your the tricep two-arm. workout. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get your guts so out. So with that, Bill, you need to hit the gym. No, bro, I was at the man gym up a two days bit, ago. So you two can, days, you know. You can steer it. You can I got it. my personal trainer, my wife, and she is working me like a dog, bro. She's working <laughs> me like I'm being put out to pasture. And two days ago was leg day, and so today I was feeling leg day walking around SEMA, which was brutal. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I, we're obviously going to have both you guys back probably independently down the road sure. and doing some stuff. So keeping things a little current, you guys went to SEMA today. So yes, we, ta- That's I, I, right. we could talk for hours about beam suspension. I'm sure people are going to gripe about we didn't get too deep into it, but we will, we'll come back to that. We'll circle back to this on another podcast. I just kind of want to talk to you guys about SEMA show today. What did you guys see? What did you guys like? What were you most impressed with? Well, I, you know, I, 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 look at, I look at vehicles different than maybe other people do. And I, I appreciate the amount. Is that why you run all fours? Yeah. That's right. And 
you know, uh, no one got that here, joke. This is, this is a tough scene. You know, I come in here and I get abused, and, and that's what anyway, friends are for. But, but anyway, that's how you know we're you, know, you hang out with these guys all day, Vinny and Bruno and Michael. It's tough. I mean, it's tough. Get out of there alive. But back to SEMA. You know, I look at a lot of these vehicles that are there, and and I just imagine what the owners went through to build these vehicles and the amount of work and passion and and money that is put forth to accomplish and achieve their goals and their dreams and it may some of the vehicles may not be the vehicle that I would pick but the amount of work is just so impressive and the quality of work being done out there and I I think that they're uh, some people look at it and they go, oh, yeah, my dream is to have this super shop restore my vehicle. But then there's, you know, a thousand guys that are doing stuff in their backyards and their driveways and 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 their single car garages. Uh, they're turning out some amazing work. And I, my my thoughts are is that I, I just hope the scene continues to grow and that the young people uh, have a passion to continue to learn how to do this this dying art you know my fear is that in 20 years there won't be anybody that will do the work that will know how to and so the you know my generation isn't right isn't attracted to that well yet. my challenge is those some of those young kids uh it's our job the younger or the older guys to reach out to the younger generation and try to get them involved in our scene and and so that it can continue to live on and they can learn some of the skills that is dying. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you look at some of the young kids today and it just seems that uh, a lot of them don't have an interest. But some of the I think some of the kids, I mean, I know I've I've kind of pushed my boy to be a bit of a car guy and, and I'm seeing it and what in the things that he's doing. Um, but uh you know, there's not a lot of kids getting into it. And, and I don't know if it's because of lack of options out there. Like they're not, you know, cause you look at the average driving age right now, statistically they say the kids are aver- on average getting their driver's license at 19. Yeah. That's crazy talk. It's just because they kids, don't have ambition to go get them. Yeah. Cause kids are just sitting there looking at their phone all day and they want to go to the mall. They just go to Amazon. They want to go to, it's not the experience that you're not buying the experience. You're not doing the experience anymore. You're just doing it virtually like virtually going shopping so you don't need to deal with the parking the people right. the, all that stuff but when i was a kid it was like the cool thing to do would be go to the mall and try to hang out talk to some girls or pretend like you're going to talk to some girls and then just sit with your buddies and eat and talk about how those girls wish they could hang out with you or whatever the case is but, but you know what i mean <laughs> daydreaming like, about girls yeah yeah where are the girls you know, at i, I mean you look, at, you look at the movies of when we grew up as yeah, like you they're know, all you, around cars yeah, yeah everything's around going out leaving the house doing something and, and, and it, it the car is the symbol of independence yeah the right. car the car is the thing that got like i could not well, i mean i got my first ticket when i was 14 driving a car that i bought for 200 bucks and i'm like i'm close enough to 16 i look 16 you know what I mean? Like, how about Did if I hold this? Then, how about if I hold this cigarette? No, I'm <laughs> 47. I still can't grow a beard. Dude. I still can't grow a beard. It's sad. It's just sad. But, uh, but you know, I, I'm hoping so as well. It's it's uh, it is a dying art. It's something that that less and less people are doing, and uh, I think because of that, it's going to get more expensive. You know, um, 
it's the same thing in, in a lot of other fields and in a lot of other industries where people are, aren't doing blue collar jobs. They're not mm-hmm. doing the mechanic work, the, you know, the, 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 the turning wrenches or that type of stuff. And, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm hoping, hope, hopefully it changes. Um, there are, there are, there's a young contingent that's in the scene. They're a little different on their take on stuff, but you know, what, what can you do? Well, let's go back for a second. You're talking about what were the cars that we noticed at yeah, uh, SEMA. SEMA. And I've, got, I've got tunnel vision for Volkswagens. I didn't see anything that wasn't a Volkswagen. <laughs> well, that, that's that's what I, I saw the four Volkswagens that's it. there. Yeah. Well, there's more than four because I, t- I took pictures no, of those. No, but ones. you brought this up. So let's talk about the Outlaw notchback for a second. Because mm-hmm. that thing was ridiculously right detailed to the tilt. It was So the, out, the Outlaw notchback he's talking about happened to be at... Uh, that notchback was at the Optima booth, and it belongs to a guy named. Uh, let me see if I can get his name here. Uh. And it was it was beautiful. The color combination was uh, anthracite. Cr- I think was it was creative. Anthracite gray with some. Uh, it was battleship gray. I think that'd be a better color to describe it. Yeah. It was just that. Well, if it's if it's anthracite, that means they maybe were inspired by the Gia. <laughs> I mean, that's really but the reason. color combination I've never <laughs> seen done before where they've done the outside and uh, the inside different colors. Yeah, with the red and gray. Yeah, it, and it was uh, I was very impressed and the quality of work was was top notch. No, it was it was super cool. You know what I liked the most? You didn't most? get that top notch, Bill? Yeah, top notch. Okay. I got you're making a notch back, bro. I got yeah, I picked up I picked up what you're putting down and I like the way you went at it. Um, but I also, the guy's name that owns it, his name is Robert Wilson. I'm using my detective skills and zooming in on my picture. Robert Wilson's the guy's name. It was at the Optima booth. I'm sure you're going to see a ton of pictures. I'm already seeing some pictures. It had some parts on it from Cabinet Cool Rides, uh, another friend of the podcast. So it had the Cool Rides brakes on it, Cool Rides shifter. And, um, you know, it just looks, I, I, I like the style that they did with it. You know, the, oh, the, the bare metal interior with a few accents, double stitch, suede dash, the race style seats. It's not everybody's style, but what I what I dig about it is I drive the crap out of that. Oh, in a minute. You know? And so look even tinted windows. He went as far as to tint the windows. Not a lot of people are doing tinted windows. Nope. You know, everybody wants to keep the windows kind of clear, but it looks like he built the thing to drive it, you know? And you gotta respect that. It's just got it's just got a good look to it. Um uh, we I I I dug the uh the high roof that we saw today. The what? The high roof bus. Oh, the high roof. Uh, Jason Stratton. Stratton Jason Stratton. Stratton. Give him a shout out. We're going to get him on the podcast soon. He's it appears he's doing big things over there in uh, Park 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 something Florida. Wayne Park Florida. Nah, I don't know where it's at. Let me see. I think, but he that that car he does pretty nice. That that uh, high roof bus and he did uh, some three piece. It had those three-piece alloys on there, which were uh-huh. super, super that clean. That was one with of the their, SATA their 16-inch, yeah. 16-inch three-piece alloys. That was with SATA, right? Yep. So he was at the SATA booth. Um, Stratton Motorsports, Jason. Motorsports. Sorry, Winter Park, Florida. Winter Park. Yep. Not Buena Park. That's not very far. Yeah, I was like, Buena Park, bro. Where are you, where's this guy going? But uh, he had a nice, he had a really nice little setup out there. Super clean bus and... Um, what else? There's also a bus I didn't get a chance to see today. I saw some pictures of it earlier, and it was almost one of those buses with the curved back windows. So I saw pictures of that. That It appeared that that bus used to be on top of a school bus. You've seen those those aberrations where someone cuts up a VW bus and put it on top of school. It looks like it came from that, and this is just from the one or two pictures that I saw. 
Um, and then they put it back together. But the tail end of that thing looked like an Airstream. It was stretched long. Yeah. It had quarter windows from a Beetle. And it had a stainless steel back end on it. It was just amazing. It looked like he used a front bumper for a rear bumper on it because it was round now instead of square shape. Kind of the Airstream rear, uh-huh. rear end on it. Yeah. Yeah, there's... Uh... There was it was nice to see the double cab. So uh, if you look on uh, Let's Talk Dubs, there's the Ken Diggett double cab that yeah. was the end of that's the last double cab or the last bus that was part of the Utah, uh, the, the Utah the UTA junkyard buses. The UTA junkyard buses. Yeah, we right. did a podcast on the UTA junkyard buses, and so and our uh, own Michael Anderson from Dubfab did a lot of work on that. That double cab. Yeah. Well, all the suspension was dub fab suspension, suspension, right? Underneath, yeah. Nice, and that thing was sitting. That thing was sitting pretty low and looking real nice. So, um, it's uh, that was another good one to see out there. There, there was a there was a a C10 Chevy long bed had a camper on the back, and it was called Brown Sugar. Oh, I've seen pictures of that. <laughs> and yeah. that that thing was just unbelievable on the Dude, inside. Bagged I mean, it out, had, laying on the ground, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, just the the way that they read the way that they had redone the interior, of the camper part on the back was pretty incredible. But that's what I love about the SEMA show, you know. And we're, and we're fortunate enough that this uh, we're here locally in Vegas, and the SEMA show's here. And it's like I've been going to the SEMA show for 10, 10 12 years. Um, started out with just walking around the front, front parking lot with no badge to where. I did what I needed to do to get a badge. You know, I'm not proud of some things I had to do to get a badge back in the day. But, <laughs> but you know, it's it's one of those things where the, the best way that I can describe SEMA show to people, it's like it's sensory overload for a car guy. Like you go there uh-huh. and you can't like pull one car out of SEMA and you're blown away. Yeah. But then when you're looking at a thousand of them, it's just like, oh, yeah, seen it. 415s in the back of a Polaris Ranger, you know, no big deal. Oh, yeah, full, you know, full articulating suspension on a this, that, and whatever, and all digital dash and GPS and like all the, like over the top on everything that's there. Every last thing. And each, each vehicle usually that's there can be really stand on its own as like a full custom vehicle. So if you've never been to the SEMA show, figure out a way to get to Vegas and go to the SEMA show. I know today while I was at work, I had at least nine people hit me up like, hey, man, do you have an extra SEMA badge? I want to go check out SEMA. And I'm like, I got my SEMA badge. Yeah, I don't have an extra one, and you guys can go. But I said, just go walk around the front parking lot. You know, just just the front parking lot. If you actually walk through there appreciating all the cars, you'd be there all day, just the front parking lot. Just the front parking just- lot. But you feel like you have to just race through there and try to see everything, and it just becomes super overwhelming, you know. But it's – Definitely something where there's so much inspiration comes out of going through this. Just looking at some of the builds, some of the things, it's like, boom, light bulb, light bulb, light bulb. Yeah, I got some ideas from some other non-Volkswagen cars, from American cars and trucks. I'm like, I want to take that idea and put it into my realm on my own personal bus. I'm like, you can take an idea from any genre of car and apply it to your own. Absolutely. There's so many ideas. The paint combinations. I mean, some of them are just off the hook. and. Yeah, there's so many ideas you can get, and here again, we're we're in an industry where it's kind of we're sharing. Uh, it's it's all being creative, how how you can do, dream up something and make it happen. I mean, some of those four by four trucks that were, I mean, you could almost walk under them. Uh, just thirty on thirty inch rims. Yeah, I had to look at the tire size. And go, what? <laughs> somebody, you know, somebody's thinking this up, and more power to them. I. I, I, I applaud everybody out there that is searching out their dream and making it happen. Yeah, no, it's uh, 
it's definitely it's definitely a go to. It's a it's a bucket list type thing. If you've never been to the SEMA show, man, you got to go to the SEMA show at least once in your lifetime and bring some good shoes and eat well before you go because you're gonna be burning. Go. Yeah, eat before you go because we. I think we we kind of got there it was about two three. We were like everybody in our group was hangry and we're like we need to, we need to get out of here. Get out of my way. We're gonna salt somebody <laughs> to and take somebody's sandwiches to the monorail. Let's go. So. But guys, I appreciate you guys coming on the podcast. Um, for sure, I'm gonna have you both both you guys back on here again. Uh, we'll get a little more in depth into what each one of you guys are doing, and we'll get some stuff up to speed. Um, any it's Joe at uh, Rustology Garage? How do people get in touch with? They want to get in touch with you about doing a 21 window conversion. Uh, Rustology Garage on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, that's where I do most of my business. Uh, more than willing to share information. Just give me a contact. And I, Bill, I appreciate you doing this podcast. I appreciate the fact that uh, you've, you're taking the time to uh, broaden all of our horizons with more information about the scene. And, you know, it's just a lot of fun. We're good. I'm, gl- I'm glad to have you guys on here, man. I'm glad, of, I'm glad to have met you last year at the Classic. And then we just kind of hit it off and, and been kind of like buddies ever since. And then Michael, if you want to get in touch with you, what do they, where do they hit you up at? Dubfab on Instagram or on, you can hit me up on my store, dubfab.com or you know, shoot me an email. Either way, you can direct message me anywhere, products at dubfab.com. There's 10 different ways to get a hold of us through all the social media. And uh, I'll, I'm happy to answer anyone's questions. And, Bill, I appreciate you having us here. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, guys, we'll be, uh, I'm going to let you guys get back on the road because you guys got to head down the road here in a few minutes. So thanks for coming on, and uh, once again, guys, don't forget uh, support the podcast. Go on, uh, support the podcast. Go to letstalkdubs.com slash store. Pick up a T-shirt, buy some stickers, do something to support the podcast. All right, until next week, guys, we'll talk to you later.